0: Hi, I'm Dr. Kimberly O'Brien, child psychologist from the Quickie Kid Clinic. The challenges that we see in the clinic every day are very common and separation anxiety is one of those things. That's why I've created a podcast full of practical tips and stories to make you feel like there are other parents out there just like you and there are a lot of things that you can do. So now let's listen to Yazzie as she talks about how she feels about separation. When I leave home and go to someone like a sleepover, I feel a lot of time like there's a big stone in my stomach and quite nervous and sad.
1: Hi, I'm Naomi. I'm Yasmin's mum. And I also have a son, Ben, who's two years younger.
0: In the clinic, we often see separation anxiety when kids are aged two years. So sometimes parents have been trying to settle them into you know, preschool or daycare for months and months. It can even be a year of just like a lot of trauma because the kids are unhappy, the parents are unhappy and the teachers are feeling distressed as well. So that's often when it starts and then we'll see um, it reoccur when, you know, they start kindergarten and then... Um, that can take a long time to settle into school and often flares up again with school camp or when there's a sleepover. So yeah, it can be one of those things that you can kind of predict you know when they're starting high school, it's likely to come up again and it just takes a lot of care and um, support and a very gentle transition with lots of communication with the young person to make sure that um, they can get to the other side and still feel really safe. Naomi, when did you notice that Yazi was suffering separation anxiety?
1: Uh, look probably the age you just mentioned, somewhere around two or three, when we used to try and go and do activities, she just wouldn't wouldn't leave my side. Even if I participated in something with her, it just you know, it was pretty much an epic fail all the time. Um, and it just sort of escalated from there.
0: When you say escalated, I kind of feel like, uh oh, it's gonna get worse. <laughs> <laughs> like, what what happened? Can you it, it take us it through? Has.
1: Yeah. Um, any any sort of activity, she just couldn't actually participate, she'd want to. Um, which I found extremely difficult to watch. She'd want to go and be part of a group or go out on her own. She just couldn't do it and she'd get herself worked up. And I think, you know, daycare was a huge thing when she started. She started really young and that, that never really improved. The whole time she was at daycare, we'd have our ups and downs. School wasn't too bad, but there'd be the good weeks and the, you know, the weeks where she just didn't want to go. And it's the same thing with anything knew where I'm not going to be there even getting into a swimming pool we'd have the um the meltdowns going to birthday parties um didn't want to participate or did want to um just couldn't
0: sounds so conflicted wanting to but can't and yeah as a parent wanting to help them to reach their goals but then it's so
1: frustrating Yeah.
0: yeah watching them retreat and not go in and then feel disappointed like what was the outcome at the end if did you normally pull away or you stayed put and and worked oh, it through or it was just different well, depending
1: it was different and I found you know a lot of people would say i oh, just leave it there and go and I knew um, myself that that wasn't going to work I I just knew that that was just going to escalate things for her and it did um so in the end I used an approach where I would be there and eventually we might be an hour into a birthday party and she would gradually just float into the group, but I never left. Um, so it was just more of a, a very a gentle, gentle approach rather than dump and leave. It just doesn't work for her.
0: Yes, I'm hearing lots of time. And at the clinic, we often talk about circling around. So even we'll do role plays, like you know, go and get yourself a drink from the kitchen, go and check out the bathrooms or do a drive by the week before and try and build that curiosity. If you can stop, maybe wind down the window, kind of getting to the point where they're starting to feel comfortable stepping out of the car. Or if it's um, a child-only session in the clinic, we'll do visuals. So we'll draw like a bird's-eye view of the the school drop-off area and like this is the tree where we're trying to get to. Or maybe they're saying, look, I can't get past the pedestrian crossing. Let's just, um, you know, wait it out there for a little while until they're ready to progress through the school gate. But by doing a visual and having little figurines and talking about this is you, this is mum, and then role-playing the kiss-kiss hug or... How are you going to do the farewell? Are you going to look back or not look back? You can kind of prepare as much as possible, but then it comes down to the day and it doesn't always work. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) What has worked? What's been, like, if you're, you know, you've got a lot of experience with separation anxiety now over the last, what, has it been eight years? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, give us your top three. What would you suggest to parents who are in the same boat?
1: Well, we did end up using a psychologist um, and finding the right one, I think is really important. She didn't gel with the first um, two people we saw Um, and therefore she just didn't want to utilise the strategies. She just wasn't interested. But when we found uh, the lady we're with now, things changed in a big way and that I think that really helped. And involving her friends and and the parents. So, you know, initially her friends just didn't really get why she was holding back and then when their parents or even myself sometimes said, look, this is what's going on for Yaz... They were so much more um, patient with her and they encouraged her and, you know, I, she'd hang around me and they'd come up and talk to her and eventually just sort of let her off and that's that's been really good. That yeah, Friends has been huge. That's probably, they're probably my two big ones. Um, and repetition, so we don't give up. We don't, I don't let her get away with not doing something but it's just a very, we just keep at it basically.
0: Great advice. Sounds good. So now we're going to ask Yazzie. What did work? I feel calm when I listen to music. I draw or I sometimes when I bake. So those are some suggestions that have worked for Yazzie. Some other things that we've tried um, at the clinic are really just buddying them up with a you know best friend that meets them at the gate. Or it could be that they have like a colouring in club or if they're into Minecraft, a Minecraft club, following their interests and saying, okay, that, that starts at 8 o'clock. We need to be there. You've got your own room with your buddy. It's just one other person. Or having a favourite teacher that meets them at the gate and takes them through to that you know, that special club. Um, so I think just working with the school as much as possible so that you have their support and none of this sort of dropping them at the office and being held. <laughs> that just uh, always makes the school such a... Scary place to be. But if you have had some bad experiences at the front gate, it's always nice to change it up and maybe go into a different entry point if you can at your school. Or having, you know, typical things like a lucky charm in their pocket that you can squeeze whenever you feel like you're missing home. Um, or setting up, you know, some communication options. So if you really need to call me, you can, but only between these hours with this teacher. Something that's a bit structured, so you don't get multiple calls if they're on camp throughout the day. Naomi, have you tried any of those techniques, or are there any other ideas there that you think might work for Yazzi?
1: Um, we did, we have. Well, I guess the friendship one we have. So her friends are very supportive and help when she's dropped off and if she's in in one of her, you know, doesn't want to go to school moods. Um, that they're, they're really great. I think you mentioned the drawing. We, she does do that and we do, we do draw out plans. So, yes, we have.
0: And are there any um, sticking points that we can just go through and think, okay, what is it? I just want to kind of pull it apart a little bit more. What would be the, the from the things that you've tried, the parts that are not working so well? Oh, not
1: working so well. Um, that's more on me, actually, I think. I mean, I think sometimes I just get frustrated and then I escalate it. <laughs> I don't mean to, but, you know, it does wear you thin sometimes. So just trying to be patient, I think, is a huge one.
0: Naomi, I'm wondering how it feels as a parent when when Yazzie's struggling with the drop off. Do you sometimes feel impatient or frustrated? What sort of things are going on for you?
1: Yeah, all of those things. Like super, super irritated sometimes and frustrated because it shouldn't be this hard. <laughs> you know, and it's it's very hard to remain patient sometimes and trying to find that that balance between you know her becoming a bit more independent and me pushing too hard for her to become a bit more independent and you know we have our good weeks and our bad weeks and you just think why can't it always be a good week what's gone on this week that you know we're back to square one and it's it's
0: extremely frustrating. So how do you kind of get that balance right between wanting to be patient but also wanting to be supportive?
1: Well I don't think I do all the time (laughs) I really struggle with it um Again, that deep breathing that Yasmin utilises. I mean, I've been trying to utilise that too because sometimes you just need to step away for a second, calm down and then, you know, go back at it, if that makes sense.
0: And Naomi, are you the number one person that is like Yazzie's support or do you tag team with a grandparent or your partner so that you can also get some respite and then come back fresh?
1: No, I'd say it's really me. I mean, I think my husband understands it all in theory. But he's got less patience than I do and just thinks she should just get on with it, which I get. Um, So it really is
0: more more me. I think that is difficult too. And there's sort of different parenting styles or approaches to managing it. Sometimes you can question the patient, you know, empathetic style. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, should I be more hardline? But it, yeah. I, I don't think so. I think hardline just makes it more traumatic for parent and child. And then there's always that. You know, regret afterwards of like, why did I, why did I push that hard? Maybe I should have done different.
1: That's a horrible feeling, that that feeling of regret. And I've had that a lot. with why did I handle that situation like that? You know, I really wish I hadn't said that because it's just made things so much more worse. In the moment, it's so hard to hold your tongue.
0: (laughs) yeah we're all human and we all get frustrated i'd sort of recommend just coming back to it in the afternoon just to say you remember i just said that i didn't mean that i was just frustrated you know just kind of really role modeling how to express your feelings and how to um, try to do things better brainstorm better solutions for the next day it's just a working process and you guys are on the same journey to make it better Mm. Yeah. yeah Yazzie was really worried about school camp at the end of the year so we have some audio of what she was thinking let's have a listen we have camp at the end of the year, and how I feel about it is nervous. And I know it's going to be fun, but I'm still very, very nervous. So Naomi, the camp didn't happen, but how were you preparing for school camp before it was cancelled?
1: Uh, we, look, we we talked about it. I mean, Yasmin usually holds things in quite a bit, but we sort of bring it up and say, how are you feeling about it, and "What what can we do to you know, to make things easier, talking through what was worrying her. Um, but usually she just, you know, sits on it, sits on it, sits on it. And then the night before something, that's when it blows up. So we were just working on trying to keep things calm and, and you know, talking through things. But at the end of the day, I think she was quite relieved <laughs> that it got cancelled. Yes.
0: It's actually a common reason for referral That Quirky Kid that there's school camp coming up and our beautiful caring supportive parents that come through the door are looking for strategies to help their kids so we often recommend things like having a sleepover at the grandparents or you know staying up you know a little bit later than they normally would at a friend's house so that they can just have that experience for a little bit longer in terms of being away from home Mm -hmm. is that something that Yazzie's already done or that she's working towards
1: um she's she's had oh gosh she's had two sleepovers um so far which she was extremely nervous about and they they went fine but um again the parents were really supportive and you know really looked after her she's okay going to my parents but they don't live in sydney um but there's a lot of angst you know the night before and the day of and it's quite traumatic but once she's there um it's okay and how does she feel afterwards is she proud of herself yeah really proud of herself and mm. she should be mm. um but yeah it's a, it's a good it's a great feeling i think of achievement for her that she's managed to do it and she's She's succeeded and she's overcome her fears.
0: And what were things like during lockdown? How did COVID impact Yazzie's anxiety?
1: Um, no, I don't think there's any other new anxieties that surfaced, but I just think it amplified all of her usual anxieties. And I think she, you know, she's got a tendency to be a little bit reclusive when given the chance, and I think COVID was that chance for her. So we really had to work at getting her out of a shell and back doing things in groups.
0: I think that sounds very familiar as well. Like it can be really comfortable just to introvert and be alone, but then it's a real skill to get back out there and be brave and develop those social skills all over again. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: what did you find was most useful uh, when it came to kind of getting back on track?
1: Again, um, her friendships, you know, really looking forward to to seeing the girls and just reuniting. And I think that doing, um, you know, group activities with her group of friends really um, motivated her. I think that was the biggest thing and, again, them just being so supportive with it. I think that, that made all the difference.
0: just like to thank Naomi and Yazi for their contribution to that episode and if you'd like to find out more about separation anxiety, we have lots of articles on our website. It's at quirkykid.com.au. Our next episode is going to be about high achievers and how you can help them remain stimulated and loving school. I'm Dr. Kimberly O'Brien, and we'll see you next time.